Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Jericho Force Podcast, where we learn how to integrate faith into the work that we do. Don't conform to the world's way of doing business. Transform by doing business God's way. Here's our host, my husband, author, speaker, teacher, encourager, and stewardship coach, Jason Davis. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Jason Davis, a.k.a. Mr. Fortify, and welcome to another episode of the Jericho Force podcast, where we talk about how we integrate faith into the work that we do and how we live out our faith in the marketplace. I am very excited uh, because we've got a, in, a phenomenal show, uh, and our guest today is someone who uh, I followed for some time and just really, really huge in the book publishing and author space. But before I bring him on, let me introduce him to you. And in his own words, Dave Chesson, he's a military veteran, husband, father of three crazy monkeys. I mean, kids from his perspective. When he's not doing dad things, he's an avid book marketer. He works and and book both publishing and book marketing. He's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Ali, Huffington Post, and even Market Watch. He's been blessed to work with many New York Times bestselling authors in multiple genres, including Ted Decker, Orson Scott Card, Kevin J. Anderson, and more. He's also been a paid consultant to major publishing companies, helping with digital sales, advertisement methods, and sales page optimizations. Get this, folks. Amazon has recognized his book marketing strategies by saying that authors should gain insight from Kindlepreneur. We'll talk more about that later on how you can optimize marketing your books. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jericho Force podcast, Dave Chesson. Hey, thanks for having me here. Absolutely, Dave. I'm looking forward to having a great conversation with you, man. Well, Dave, let's go ahead and get started. We, there's a lot. You've got a fully loaded bio, and I know it's not all about the accolades, but God has graced you to do uh, a lot of things and, and be involved in a lot of different spaces across publishing and book marketing. Talk to us about your journey. How did you even get into it, and, and, and how, what brought you to where you are now in 2022? Yeah. Well, actually years ago, I was serving in the U S military. Um, I did some Marines and then I became what they call foreign area officers. It's like military diplomacy. Uh, and my first assignment, 
uh, they sent me to Korea, but they sent me there without my family. Uh, and so my wife kind of at one point while I was in Korea, she goes, Dave, what are you doing this for? Hmm. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I mean, Hey, do you want to retire? Like, do you want to be like an admiral or something? I'm like, no. And she's like, all right, well, is there some like mission that you're trying to do? Like, is this your life purpose? I'm like, no. And she's like, well, then why is our family separated? I was like, touche. Um, and so we sat down and thought about it. We, at, we looked at what we wanted our life to be. And I wanted to be home with my kids. And so when we started looking at an exit plan from the military, uh, we needed something that wouldn't just have me going from one nine to five travel job to another nine to five travel job. It had to be something that would allow me to be with my children uh, mm-hmm. at home. And so that really limited the options uh, that we could go with. And so I started learning about online marketing and search engine optimization and building websites. And I started to really get into Amazon, who had come out with this thing called Kindle Direct Publishing, which allows anybody to write and self-publish a book. And then Amazon will not only sell the book for you, they will deal with all of the logistics and the support. So here I was in Korea, and I wrote my first book on a Korean warship. Uh, the Yugogi E to be exact. Um, and so there I was, you know, doing liaison work with them by day and writing away at night as proof that you can write anything anywhere. And then what was awesome was I launched my book and I did all these things to kind of like help with the sales. But what was awesome was as I was sleeping and America was awake, people were buying the books and Amazon was handling everything. And all of a sudden I'd wake up and I'd look in my bank account and there'd be some money there. And I was like, wow, this, I could do this. And so I really got into writing books. It gave me an ability to be creative. Uh, it was helping me to try to build a future. Um, and right from then, then on there, it was just, uh, it was a really cool adventure. Wow. Such a powerful story there, Dave. You leave in the military. You want to be there for your family. And you start getting into digital marketing, SEO, and then Amazon. Now, now, Dave, I know you know, and, I, and I'm familiar being an author, but for the people maybe in the back of the room who don't know, what is uh, Kindle Direct Publishing? Sure. Well, before K- KDP came out, uh, the old school way was you would write a book, you'd find an agent, you would hope that this, uh, you know, publishing company would pick you up. And if no publishing company signed you or whatever, then you were SOL, you know, uh, you, you maybe try again and try again and try again, and maybe you get lucky. Uh, and I've got a good story for you on this one too, in a bit. But the point though is, is that you were stuck like those gatekeepers, the publishers were your only option. Mm. Uh, and then Amazon came out and was like, Hey, we want, you know what? We want to empower individuals. And so instead of going the published route, you could write your own book, create your cover, format it, and then upload it to our marketplace and we'll sell it for you. The beautiful part about this is that now you have an option. Maybe your book really is good. You know, and those publishers don't know what they're talking about. And believe me, they, they, they can get it wrong. Um, and this is your opportunity. You don't have to go through those gatekeepers. Another thing is, is you get a lot more of those sales uh, self-publishing than you would if you went published. Publishers mm-hmm. might sign you to a deal where you only get like 10% or 5% of the book sale. Whereas on Amazon, depending on the pricing you give, you can get 70% of the sale. Um, so when they did this, it opened up an entirely new division in the publishing world and allowed people like me to write books on a, on a South Korean warship upload it, 
you know, and, and build an author career without having to grovel at, at publishing companies. And the one story I was going to tell you too is there is this this woman who uh, every day she'd ride the train into town, um, she'd scribble notes, you know, as she's traveling. She would go to this. Uh, she'd bring her daughter with, you know, to the coffee shop and she would just ride away every day. And finally, uh, she got an agent and the agent loved the book, said, okay, I'll represent you. Went to multiple different publishing companies, kept pushing this book, right? Showing the book, showing the book, showing the book and got rejection after rejection after rejection. As a matter of fact, she even changed her name because she's worried that, well, maybe if I don't sound like a, a female, that maybe that will help. I mean, that's how crazy she was like trying to do anything to get the book pushed. Wow. Finally, on the 11th rejection, okay, the agent said, all right, that's it. I'm pulling a favor. And he goes to one of the publishing company editors and said, look, you owe me? Just read it, please. So the editor says, fine takes the first chapter and instead of reading himself gives it to his uh i think it was like 11 year old girl um nine or nine to 11 i can't remember the age says here you read it girl came back like 15 minutes later i want chapter two guy goes wait what he's like yeah where's chapter two this is good and he looks down he's like huh harry potter okay maybe i should give this a look now I'm, i'm giving this an example because Regardless of what you think of the book itself or the story, it, you have to admit it was the biggest, highest grossing book in the past like 100 years or so. Okay. I mean, like it's insane the amount of money that book has made. And yet it got rejected 11 times. And yet the our agent had to twist the arm of one of them just to check it out. And yet the guy still didn't read it. He gave it to his daughter. So my point on this is that back in the day, when that was your only way, you could have had the greatest money-making book of all time sitting there, and yet still would have got it rejected, 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 rejected. Honestly, if KDP had been around or had been big enough at the time, she could have just turned around, you know, J.K. Rowling, uh, which, by the way, uh, she doesn't have a middle name. Uh, She borrowed that from her uncle. I think it was Ken. Uh, just so JK might not be construed as like, I mean, she did all these things Wow! just to be able to get the thing published. Goodness. Well, now we authors don't have to, mm. we don't have to grovel. We don't have to change our name, uh, you know, or use pen names uh, out of fear. We can just take it into our own hands and go forward. And so I think it's a wonderful opportunity. My goodness, folks, if you're listening, uh, what a story of endurance and even just from from an industry perspective how the barriers to entry have changed and yeah you know, dave i know you'll, you'll probably get into this a little bit later like you can say what you want about amazon being too big and you know are they a monopoly and things like that but the kdp really was a game changer and and even probably from a competition point dave impacted how you know other business models uh from what they did so just, uh, my goodness, the things that authors uh, went through, not that people still don't go through them now, but um, definitely barrier to entry has changed. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'll say we shift from that time period, okay, mm-hmm. to when KDP first came out, publishing companies used to really look down on 
self-published authors. They're like, you know, nose in the air, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you authors aren't good enough to be us, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and so they used to really look at it with disdain and they used to look at Amazon as kind of like, we don't need to bend the knee to you. Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays, publishing companies are starting to get really wise about it. Uh, they are definitely working with Amazon because they know that's such a huge part of the market now. Um, and instead of looking down on self-published authors, they're looking at us like free agents. Mm. They're looking at these self-published authors and saying, oh man, you know, this guy or gal took a book and they launched it and they're doing good. It must be a good book. Mm. So before they get too famous or too big, we should bring him in here. Hey, I got a deal for you. Cause I mean, the proof is, you know, in the pudding, it's right there. They could see it. And so they're now actually starting to recruit from self-published because if you're a publishing company and I've sat in on the boards for this, so I've seen it, right. You got book a that's written by some no name author who has nothing behind their name. They've done that. They just wrote a book or you have book B. Okay, that's written by an author who's self-published, has an email list, has a following, has done this, knows how to market a book. I will tell you that even if book A is better than book B, publishing company is going to choose book B every mm. single time because it's a better deal. It's a better chance of an ROI. So really, we went from uh, having to grovel at the gatekeepers to then being the bottom of the, you know, of the totem pole to now all of a sudden self-publishing or publishing companies realizing that this is a really good option. These self-published authors are something to look at. So it's been a really cool ride. My goodness. What a journey. You know, Dave, you, you reminded me of another question uh, besides just the big guy, little guy thing. What, what is it about the misconception with the quality of a self-published book versus somebody that goes through a traditional publisher. Like I know that the stigma out there and, and, and maybe you can talk about the trends, but why is that even a thing given what you just said about, Hey, you know, these people have their own followings. They've proven they can market and sell their own book and they're, they're willing to hustle in the street. And yet you still have, people like in the back of their head like ah, i don't know it's self-published so talk to us about that well you know back in the day when kdp first uh came out it was like the wild wild west you know everybody was just trying to figure it out <clears throat> it was um like for example how do you format a book sometimes so people were experimenting there weren't many tools out there for new people and let's face it the the, the book wouldn't look that professional because you know they didn't know about headers and footers or, you know, they didn't know about uh, widows and orphans. Um, and that's not the scripture quote. That's the uh, in formatting rules, right. you know, and then they would try to skip on the editor, you know, because they're like, oh, I don't want to have to pay that. And so they'd edit themselves and they make a lot of mistakes. And then they would try to figure out a book cover. But, you know, and then nobody's a Photoshop expert, you know, and so a lot of it was just going at your own and making a lot of mistakes. And so in the early days, the, the KDP books that were put out there were nowhere near the kind of quality that publishers could do. However, though, two things have happened over the years. Number one, there's more and more information out there for authors to absolutely learn and, and use Wait, But back then there wasn't, it was just discovery and, you know, learning by trial, you know, or failing forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is there are a lot more tools that make it so much easier to do that. Um, there are a lot more book cover designers that would prefer to work with self-published authors 
at affordable rates than what it used to be. There's a book formatting software out there that authors can use. There's marketing software that self-published authors can use. There's all these things that they can do. And truth be told is now there are enough resources and tools out there to help level that playing field so that self-published books really can look exactly, if not better, than published books. And you know, self-published authors can make just as good decisions, if not better, than published uh companies will make. So that's been that big shift. We start off with, you know, trial by fire and failing forward to all of a sudden now having the same capabilities that publishing companies have at our disposal. And so that's been a big thing. Uh, There are still a lot of authors, uh, a lot of books coming from all over the world that probably still skip on editors or, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to say, Hey, uh, you know, if I publish a hundred books a month, I should still make money, you know, but how good are those hundred books? Like there are still those things out there, uh, but it's not as crazy as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Wow, my goodness, Dave! All these tools and resources that are available, and Dave, you're on the front lines as a leading authority on helping the effectiveness of uh, authors publish, and even in the marketing other books. Talk to us about your brand, Kindlepreneur, and how you empower authors to really make high quality products and be successful authors. Yeah. So while I was, you know, while I was making my own books back in Korea, like I said, there weren't many resources out there. Uh, There were a couple of blogs that I followed at the time that kind of helped me get kind of the basics of it. You know, Joanna Penn, phenomenal. Um, There are a couple others that are no longer around, but they were back then. But nobody was really kind of analyzing how Amazon works, right? They were just talking about, hey, this is how you self-publish. This is how you write, you know. But nobody said, you know, Amazon's the biggest marketplace. Why is it that they choose to show this book over that book? How can I work with them better to get my book in front of more people? And so that kind of became my bread and butter. And so what I did was I started blogging about it. I started writing how-to articles that gave a step-by-step you know, my goal was is that by the time you finish an article, you'll not only have learned how to do it, but you'll see practical uses that you can turn around and implement. Um, and so I started building out Kindlepreneur.com, and that's like Kindle Entrepreneur, Kindlepreneur, mm-hmm. um, teaching people about ebook and book marketing uh, on all markets, not just Amazon. And so I, I started to become a part of that, you know, movement of educating uh, all the self-publishers out there. Um, which is also what caught the attention of the publishing companies. Like, wait a second, we should start working with this Amazon thing. Get this Dave Chesson guy <laughs> over here. Let's let me pick his brain for a little bit. You know, like, so I've been able to be kind of on both sides of the fence. Uh, you know, really start off with the self publishers, still work with the self publishers, and finally, published companies are like, hmm, <laughs> I guess we could learn something. That's cool. Uh, and so it's been really cool. Wow, that's awesome, Dave. Uh, Dave, I w- I want to take the conversation to you. You have a, a myriad of tools and resources, but two in particular that I want to talk about that I know you've put a lot of work into, not that you don't the others, but um, the, I think you know where I'm going with this, but two of your tools that are heavily used <coughs> and have raving reviews are, are Atticus and Publisher Rocket. Talk to us about as, as your out there in the market and you're looking at problems to solve, uh, what made you develop these two tools in particular and how do both of these tools work? Yeah. So uh, my first one was Publisher Rocket. It was called KDP Rocket back in the day, and then we changed it to Publisher Rocket later. Um, But, you know, 
when you look at publishing companies, they're not just making random guesses in the dark, you know, about what's trending or, you know, how to position books. They were using data to be able to make this decision. Um, it wasn't just, let's pick up a random book and read it and, oh, this is a good book, we should publish it. No, it was backed with all this kind of information. And so publishers didn't have access to that. So I was like, well, we got to remedy that. So we created Publisher Rocket, uh, which helps authors choose the right keywords and categories for their books, gives them trend analysis, lets them understand what's going on in the publishing world. And so it's been a real game changer for self-published authors. And now publishing companies are, are using it like crazy. Um <laughs> But, you know, being said, though, is, is that it really helps you to understand the market, it helps to better position your book and to get your book more discover, uh, discovered more on Amazon. And so that was the first project. The second project was, you know, we're talking about some of the, the, the tools, right? You know, one thing that every author has to do is they have to format their book. Mm-hmm. And uh, formatting can be complicated. Uh, there's ways that you can do it for free. Uh, but you'll be limited in what you can do. And at the same time, it's it's kind of a masterclass to, to be able to form it uh, into an EPUB or PDF that is acceptable by all the markets. Um, and EPUB is for ebook and PDF is for print book. Well, there was a couple of softwares that came out. Um, one in particular was it very expensive, but was so intuitive and so easy to use, but only worked on Mac. Um, and so that was kind of a problem for me. I was like, no, we we need to fix that. So we created Atticus, which makes formatting extremely easy. It's over a hundred dollars cheaper than the competitor. Um, and it works on all computers, but we're not stopping there because my goal is to turn Atticus into what I think is the number one best book writing software. Uh The word book writing software, when we think about that, right? It's not just writing the book. There's a lot more to making a book, right? We have to organize plan, write, collaborate, and then format. All those things are what we do in order to create a good professional book that we can put on there. But right now, authors have to jump from all these different pieces of software in order to get the final product. And so we've been, we created Atticus with that in mind so that an author can do all those things within it. Right now, you can write your book inside of Atticus and it's got a whole bunch of tools to help you with that. And then you can click a button. You can just start formatting it to look exactly how you want. Later on, we'll come out with the plotting and organizing and the collaboration. And those will be all uh, free upgrades for users. So like I said, my ultimate goal is that an author can do everything they need to create a book within one software to never have to leave it. Hmm. My goodness, Dave. And folks, as you're listening, I'm telling you, I've yet to use Atticus, but I have used, uh, I am a user and supporter of Publisher Rocket. And I can tell you, it is phenomenal. <laughs> it is, it really is, Dave. I'm not just saying that it helped me out a great deal when I was publishing uh, my own book. So yeah, definitely want to check that tool out from Dave. Uh, you know, Dave has as you're walking through the process of writing a book, there's this infamous question about being a bestseller. There's Amazon bestseller. There's New York Times bestseller. What are your opinions on uh, those awards and designations? And uh, are there any, uh, how can I word this? <laughs> pull back the curtain a little bit on, mm-hmm. on how that occurs because some people think there's some perhaps maybe favoritism and others that it, it seems kind of random. So talk to us about the bestseller process or getting on those lists. Yeah. 
Well, to be an Amazon bestseller, uh, that takes like little to no work. Everybody can absolutely become one of those. Um, Amazon has 14,000 categories uh, in their system. And uh, in order to be a bestseller in Amazon, all you have to do is be the bestseller that day for that particular category. And there are some categories out there that all you need to do is sell one book. If you sell one book, congratulations, you're a bestseller. And like, and so to the author world, we kind of all know that. So like, I never say to other authors, yeah, I'm an Amazon bestseller because everybody else that's probably written a book would be like, yeah, me too, right? <laughs> um, so there's a little bit of that, right? And even worse is like, you could also create or put your book in some obscure uh, category and absolutely get bestseller and call it. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I tell people, so there's a lot of authors that are disingenuous about the Amazon bestseller category. And I get mm-hmm. that. Um, and, you know, authors understand that, but you got to remember people who aren't authors don't know that. Okay. Right. Um, and a good story about this is my muzzy. Uh, that's my grandmother. I call her muzzy. Mm-hmm. My muzz. Um, when I left the military, I told, I kept telling her, I'm like, Muzz, uh, you know, I'm getting out of the military. And I came from a military family. Like my entire family is all Navy. And their definition of success is you do your 20 years and then you get out and you have your retirement. It's awesome. Well, I got out after 11 years and my Muzzy thought I was crazy. She was like, <laughs> she's like, oh dear. You know, I was like, yeah, but it's okay, Muzz. I, um, you know, I, I've written and published a whole bunch of books. <laughs> oh dear. Are you going to need money? No, 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 Muzzy, you don't understand. I, I make a lot more money from my books than I do from when I was in the military. Uh, well, are you thinking about your family or are they going to be okay? Muzzy, Muzzy, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I, I really, really am doing fine. This was all pre-planned. And then, but here's the kicker. It wasn't until I said Muzzy, like, and I said this out of frustration, but I was like, Muzzy, I'm a five-time Amazon bestseller. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. And all of a sudden her eyes just lit up. Wow. And she's like, What? I'm like, yes. Okay. Like I'm a five-time Amazon bestseller. Okay. I'm doing okay. Now what crazy is she immediately turned. And when she went to her bridge friends, her grandson's a best-selling author. <laughs> now I'm like, all right, Muzzy, you know, you, I, it's fine. Go with it. You know, because like, right. I mean, she was literally thinking I was being kind of, you know, uh, immature or not thinking of my family getting out of the mm. military to be this author. Right. But when I told her that that meant so much to her, And Mm. she went on to be, she's never asked me about money. She's never asked me about anything. She's like, Oh, how's your writing gear? You know, I'm like, Oh, Muzz, you know, it's doing good every day, every day at the keyboard. Just, um, Oh, that's so good. And then nothing else. Um, so I, I, I tell people that story because, you know, yes, we authors know that it really doesn't take much, you know, to be the bestseller, but those who aren't authors still see that as something great. Mm. And so, um, you can put that on your resume. You can put that on your bio, you know, best-selling author. Cause you are, you were mm-hmm. a best-selling author. I just ask that you be moral about that, you know? And, yeah. and if you really truly were a book about such and such, and you were in that category, you hit it, then you hit it. You built a book that in that time period was the hottest selling book in that category. You deserve that. Um, and so it's almost like the author community will kind of poo poo it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, Oh, I know what that takes, but the world doesn't. You know, when I was serving in the U.S. Embassy uh, at the time, um, you know, to them, like, it was funny. The ambassador always kind of made fun of me because I was the youngest guy there. Um, and then when word got out that I was a best-selling author, like, every day he would actually start every conversation with, Mr. Chesson, how's the book writing? <laughs> hey, by the way, and he started asking me questions. He's really into it. I went uh, from, like, <laughs> to, 
Um, so I say that that's a really important component to it is that the rest of the world sees it as what it is. And I think it's, it's incredible. Uh, I've heard great stories of people in many industries, uh, really helping their, their current job because of that thing that they could put on their bio. Um, so just something to consider. Now, when it comes to other bestselling, like New York times bestseller or us in news, those, there's a lot of gaming to that. Uh-huh. Um, there, you, I mean, you have to have like concentrated amounts of sales from lots of markets. There's a lot of bad news and bad PR about it. Um, some people buy, you know, using companies to buy up their own books so that they can hit the New York Times bestselling list. Um, you know, people getting busted for being found out about that. People cheating the system. Um, so there is a little bit about that, but you know, for me, it's never been my target to hit uh-huh. it because. My target wasn't to be a New York Times bestseller. My target was to make money, enough money from my books to be able to be here with my kids. Uh, I, my favorite thing is that our um, my kids go to Franklin Classical School, uh, Christian school. And every Friday they have this like super cool uh, prayer session. And I, I get this little joy of being the only dad that shows up every Friday morning. Uh, to be there and like my kids are still they're still young enough to be jazzed to see dad in the crowd <laughs> but i'm like there it is so wow. that was my that was my mission absolutely love it dave uh, you know dave as uh as as faith-based business owners um who want to write a book what what advice would you give and how they should get started there's a lot of material out there and i feel like someone like you with kindlepreneur you kind of cut through all the noise and say okay here's where we start what advice would you give yeah well uh definitely kindlepreneur was designed to help you out um you can absolutely get free training uh, all the way through to learn how to uh write prepare self-publish and market your book um that's one place uh, one thing one piece of of recommendation that i give to people though is don't dabble in it Mm-hmm. Um, think of writing and marketing a book as a skill mm-hmm. and it's kind of like juggling, you know, you can't just decide you're going to jump up there and get five balls up in the air. And once, right. You got to start with one then mm-hmm. two, then three, and then really stick with three for a long time until you get it. And then maybe a four, right. right. And then a five. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people see lottery winners. Okay. Uh, people who wrote their first book and it just explodes and they think, Oh, well, if my book didn't do that, you know, then there must be something wrong with me. Now, A, don't ever compare yourself to somebody else. You mm-hmm. acknowledge what it is you're writing for and you write until you hit that mark. And that is a clear set of success. But B, remember this is a skill. Every day, if you progress and you get better, you are getting closer and closer to that mark. So don't compare yourself to others and treat it like a skill and you will get there. That's good. That's gold right there, Dave. Skills, build skills, you know, and, and I always hear the advice, uh, invest in yourself. And mm-hmm. it's no different, you know, building a skill set. And then, of course, my gosh, Dave, comparison. Yeah. In the, in the age that we live in, you know, social media driven and everybody's looking at who has what and who's who. Yeah. That's, that's some excellent advice. You know, Dave, with everything that God has graced you to do, uh, I don't know a person out there where uh, their, their faith, um, you know, they believe in God, where their faith hasn't played a role in, in all of your transition points. My a mentor of mine calls these inflection points or punctuation points. 
uh, and I'm sure you've had many, but for you, what is maybe the one that sticks out as the, as a huge turning point in your faith? Oh, you know, I think mine has been, uh, kind of the equivalence of moving a mountain. Um, I can't say that there's one catastrophic moment, but instead it's literally been digging one shovel, you know, at a time to move a mountain. Okay. Um, I think it's a culmination of a lot of things that have really happened over and over again. I, I know a lot of friends that had that moment, you know, the coming to coming to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, you know, I think a long time I kept, it sounds really dumb, but I kept waiting for that moment. You know, mm-hmm. like they go, okay, here'll be the fire starting. You know, here's my holy unrest. Here it comes. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Nehemiah or something, you know, like, bam. And, um, but truth be told was, is that it, it's just kind of the subtle application of it. Um, mm-hmm. It was about deciding to pray every day. It was about picking up the Bible and actually reading it. Right. <laughs> I say that because, you know, let's face it. <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't. Um, sure. and, and I was one of those for the longest time. Uh, it was about surrounding myself with the right people. It was about, mm-hmm. you know, being a part of a strong men's group. Um, it was about like, I just went to the refuge in, uh, Wyoming, um, you know, and got to hang out with some incredible men like, uh, Kurt Cameron for a while, um, you know, pray with him and just talk. Um, it's, it's, it's this culmination of all these things that have built strength and understanding over time. Um, so I don't have a good answer for you cause I never had that pivot point. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead it was when I made, I guess you could say when I made the decision to really take it seriously mm. and to make it a part of daily life. And so it's really just one shovel at a time. That's really moved that mountain, um, over the course of years. Uh, that's, <clears throat> that's well said Dave, cause you know, depending on the person's background or lifestyle, I I heard somebody describe it to me as, you know, Jason, I was so far gone that I needed one of those big hit me upside the head moments. And so I I like for others, if you're listening, it's not about necessarily having the big bang, like the tortoise and the hare, you know, one foot (laughs) tortoise always wins, right? Steady, steady plotting. And that's what comes to mind uh, when you with you sharing, Dave, I appreciate your transparency in that just one foot in front of the other. And another thing, taking it seriously, the, which is intentionality. Intentional. Um, yeah. Being yeah. intentional. I, I felt like I was almost being lazy waiting for the so-called spark, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm supposed to have this moment. Um, but then being intentional about it, you know, I think that was, that was the differentiator. Mm. So critical. You know, Dave, 2022, I feel like has blown by and we're about to enter the fourth quarter. Uh, What are you excited about? What's left for you uh, that you'd like to accomplish within the calendar year? The final countdown. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, You know, for me, so I have a 22 year old daughter and uh, so she played softball for Lehigh University. It was her senior year. And so my wife and I were kind of like, all right, let's just get through softball season. You know, she made it to NCAA tournament. She's on TV. It was awesome. She hit a home run there. It was like super cool. She ended her career great. And then we're like, all right, let's get through graduation. So then we worked through graduation. And then all of a sudden her boyfriend's like, hey, Mr. Dave, I'm going to propose to your daughter. I was like, oh, no. Uh, 
Okay. Which by the way, I got, I got a whole bunch of lessons learned from that one. Um, and then he proposed, she said yes. And now she's getting married this, uh, yeah, later this year. And I'm like, how let's get through marriage now. (laughs) Um, so I don't have a good answer because quite frankly, life's just been smacking me upside the face, left, right, left, right, left, right. And I'm like, okay, let's get through. Um, but needless to say, uh, so I don't have a good answer there, but yeah, just kind of, you know, being intentional with my family, being able to, uh, go to those tournaments. And I I think a lot of that's really just a testament of, of kind of the lifestyle we set, uh, is that I get the opportunity to drop what I'm doing, take my laptop with me. Of course, I went to Boston, uh, to watch an entire series for her. Uh, I, you know, I was able to take care of the kids while my wife went out to Seattle to watch her in NCAA, just to be able to go to this, to be able to afford her wedding. Um, you know, and to support her in her marriage to somebody who's joined the Marine Corps. Um, I'm, I'm just very grateful to be mm. able to do those things and to be there. Uh, so I guess that's really the answer I got. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Dave. Proud dad, successful businessman, man of faith, Dave Chesson. Dave, I've really enjoyed this conversation uh, this is, I believe this is going to bless a lot of people. Dave, what's the best way for people to connect with you and follow what you're doing? Yeah, you can find me at Kindlepreneur, kindleentrepreneur.com. Um, and I've got a contact form there. If there's any questions you had based off of what we talked about, hit me up there and I always respond. Excellent. Well, folks, that wraps up this episode of the Jericho Force podcast. Dave, just shout out to you. Thank you for carving out a little bit of time to spend with us. Uh, this was phenomenal and this is going to help a lot of people. Absolutely. And like I said, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Folks, you know how we end things. Don't conform to the world's way of doing business. Transform by doing business God's way. We'll see you next time on the Jericho Force Podcast. for listening to the Jericho Force podcast. You can catch us live on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and on demand. Check out JerichoForce.com backslash podcast for more details. To learn how to live out your faith in the marketplace, grab a copy of Jason Davis's book, Fortify, Being Rooted in God's Plan for Work and Business, available on Amazon.